Welcome to Coffee Time Conversations on art, faith, life, and of course, coffee. We are your hosts, Robert and Rebecca Prince. We're so glad you are here with us today. Thank you for joining us. Well, Rebecca, how are you doing today? I am good. I'm tired, though. Yes. Well, it's been a little bit of a, a long few days. It has been a long month or two. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is true. You've got a lot of new things going on at work. I do. Yeah. Lots of work and lots of home things. We did the pop-up a couple of weeks right. ago. And we've still and got a lot of art stuff we're working on. And I've got kind of a, a custom order coming up of cups. I've got a show that's coming up, I hope. Right. Um, actually, I do. I have a couple of shows that I'm putting artwork in. Yeah. Um, and then we want to have a garage sale and clean out <laughs> some of our stuff. We do. We do. Well, a lot of the garage sale is coming from me creating my studio space and cleaning out a place to glaze and fire without having all this other stuff to move all the time. Right. And it's just stuff we really don't need anyway. We don't. We haven't used it in 10 or 12 years. It's time for it to go. It is. Yeah. Well, last week we had a lot of fun talking to Emily, right? Yes. It was a great conversation um, about massage therapy. Yeah. It kind of gives you some firsthand knowledge, both on the receiving end. That's us, right? The, the customer, the client. Yeah. But it also on um, the massage therapist's end um, from her. And yes. so we talk about some frequently asked questions and just some pointers and tips. And so, um, yeah, it would be a great one to listen to if you've always been intrigued by massage therapy, but never quite gone there. Um, or just massage in general, because there is a difference between regular like resort style relaxing massage, as well as massage therapy. And so we talk about that a little bit in that conversation as well. Yes. So, um, but other than that, it was also just fun hanging out with Emily uh, for a time. We've been going to do it for a while and we just had never done it. Yep. So. She's a lot of fun. That's why she's our friend. That's true. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun, uh, we have vacation planned coming up in a few weeks. We do. I'm really excited about I it. I am excited about it as well. Um, when you first mentioned us going to Alexandria, I didn't know anything about that area. Right. Um, but I looked it up and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a, the National Portrait Gallery is there. Yeah. We're going to go and see that. And we should clarify, Alexandria is a neighbor to Washington, D.C. And so really the portrait gallery is in D.C., even though we're staying in Alexandria. And, yeah. Um, so. um, looks like there's a fun little sh- shopping district called King Street. Right. Um, I don't know. Coffee, we've got some coffee places picked out and some of places course. to try crepes. Like, yeah. you know. All the things. Right. All the things. Yeah. And we've got a Segway tour booked, which we love Segways. We love Segways. That's a lot of fun always as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done three or four Segway tours in different places, but looking forward to this and it takes us right by the White House and a lot of the government buildings and takes us through the National Mall and uh, Lincoln Memorial, things like that. And so I've, I personally have never been to DC, so I'm looking forward to exploring those those sites as well. Yeah, I love Segway tours because um, they give you a little history um, and information while you're rolling around and and, and <laughs> playing on wheels. Yeah, it feels like we're just playing on a Segway, kind of, but we also get a little bit of the history. And it's a little bit contained, so hopefully we don't hurt ourselves too much. We've never hurt ourselves. That's true. I've taken a spill once, but that's because I was playing a little too much. 
Yeah, but you didn't get hurt. <laughs> no, I didn't get hurt. So if you have never tried a Segway tour, I urge you to look it up, even if it's in your local area. You know, there's Segway tours all over America in places that you wouldn't necessarily even think they would be. Yeah, and and they train you how to use it. They make it safe so that you don't you, you don't hurt yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it you don't have to have any experience to go and do them. Yeah. You know, of course, going out there in a few weeks, it's going to be maybe at the end of fall for the East Coast, because honestly, it's turning fall here in Texas, thankfully, finally. Just, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago because there was a reprieve to the 100 degree right. weather. <laughs> but we knew summer wasn't quite over. And it wasn't. No, and we had so a week of 90s or so. We've probably. been in the 90s for a while, but today... Um, there's briskness in the air. There is. It was 52 when we woke up. Yeah. And it's even out. And the humidity, morning. like oh. even yesterday, it was like 90 something percent humidity. Yeah. When it wasn't in the nineties, it was 90% humidity. So yeah. So yesterday, uh, today I think the humidity is broke. Yeah. Um, sure has. so hopefully it stays away. Yeah. Cause but I'm ready for fall. I am too. And so I know probably we'll be on the end of the fall season for the East coast and DC area. Uh, but I'm still really looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be a great time to go out there and explore um, and just have, honestly, just have a, a few days to to get out of the rat race and to get out of the normal for us. Yeah, it's going to be a, sh- a quick trip, but... Yeah, we're not going for a whole week, but... But I it'll think be it's, fun. Yeah, I think it's plenty of time. So. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, today, um, we are going to hear from a, a guest that I had been really looking forward to for several weeks. Um, and. Uh, first found out about um, him and, and honestly his coffee company, actually three tree coffee roasters um, through an online ad like Facebook or Instagram popped up an ad advertising a partnership between his company, three tree coffee roasters and compassion international. And it's called the brewing hope subscription. And so they have a subscription uh, that's monthly for a new coffee um, that part of those proceeds go to support compassion international and their leadership program. And so that's kind of how I first found out about him. So after I started doing some investigation um, and really seeing all that they do, I just decided we had to try to have him on as a guest. So um, that's Philip Clayman is his name and really looking forward uh, to, to this interview. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, you know, Rebecca, I know you're looking forward to it as well. I am. I haven't heard it yet. So right. I'm really excited to uh, hear his story and what he's doing with compassion. Right, right. Well, and even we've, you and I've talked personally, it really um, sounds a lot like a legacy business, right? Because of the things they do, they have a threefold mission, which we'll talk more about in the interview. And um, that's one of the things since you're going through this legacy coaching business, it's, that has been a real interest of ours. Yeah. And to see how that plays out in a, in a business that's been established for, um, well, going on five, six years now. Yeah. Well, I guess we should go ahead and get into the conversation then. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, here is my conversation with Philip Clayman from Three Tree Coffee Roasters. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us on Coffee Time Conversations. I really appreciate it. Yeah, excited to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, it's a pleasure to to speak with you today. So uh, first off, you know, I have to tell you, uh, when I first ran across uh, Three Tree Coffee Roasters, I was intrigued for several reasons. Um, I think I mentioned in my email um, but it was really your partnership with Compassion International that led me to investigate you further, mm-hmm. of course. And so I know we'll we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, before we get into that, um, why don't you just tell us a little bit um, more about you? And- 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm Philip. Um, I live here in Statesboro, Georgia with my wife and our four children. Uh, our children range in age from a year and a half to about s- almost seven years old. So they're all very young. Life's very full. Uh, and that's why we started a coffee business. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. Uh, there's a lot of other reasons we started a coffee business, but the coffee helps. Um, so anyways, uh, that's a little bit about uh, me. Obviously, I, I work in coffee now. Um, my my degree is in agricultural economics. I know we'll get a little bit more into this later, but that's kind of what uh, started getting me a little bit more into ag commodities, especially internationally, and really finding a footing in coffee and, and being fascinated just by the culture of it and the production chain of it and, and various things like that. Um, I also have 11 chickens and a few quail. We do the okay. homesteading thing. We love growing crops and uh, wow. you know, all the kids love playing with the chickens and things like that. We have farm fresh eggs every morning. So that's, yeah. that's a little bit about lifestyle here in Statesboro. Okay. Very good. Well, well, I have to ask, I have an uncle that used to raise quail um, and used to sell quail eggs. And so I'd, do y'all eat quail eggs also? Or Yeah, we, we actually, uh, we sell some of the quail eggs, we sell some of the quail and we actually consume some of the quail as well. Ah, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Very cool. Well, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of the coffee journey and how you got started in coffee? Yeah. Um, well, I actually, ironically, didn't like coffee until I was probably about 22 years old. Even throughout college, I just didn't drink it much. Um, I thought it tasted bitter. I didn't think it tasted very good. Uh, and it wasn't until I actually got a job as a barista at a, at a local coffee shop in Athens, Georgia, that I found out that coffee can actually taste really good. And I was actually just drinking the bad stuff, right? And so that was a very eye-opening experience. I'm amazed to this day that they hired me not liking coffee, uh, but thankfully it worked out and uh, now I love it. Um, you know, my, my degree is in ag economics. And while I was doing that and studying um, for my senior year kind of thesis and paper, I really started investigating uh, international ag commodities, specifically coffee, tea, and cocoa. Um, and what I was realizing through some of that research is that sadly there's a lot of um, unfair situations because of market systems that are not in the control of the farmer. Um, and so they're getting paid very low wages. Uh, there's some slave labor situations that are even happening in certain countries, especially with cocoa, um, which that's kind of hit the news a lot more so lately. Um, and so just learning all these things, it really started to grip my heart and saying, well, uh, why, why, <laughs> why does it have to be this way? Uh, why can't we uh, pay fair wages to international farmers, even though they're not our neighbors right down the street? Uh, there's still this sense of they're made in God's image and uh, they could be our brothers and sisters. Why not make sure that we're paying them ethically, sourced ethically, and taking care of them along the journey? So uh, that's kind of what birthed the the heartbeat of, of Three Tree Coffee and, and why we started Three Tree Coffee. Okay, great. Well, um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the name and I know we've communicated about that a little bit, but um, I'd like to hear more about how you kind of chose Three Tree Coffee for the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the name for Three Tree Coffee really... Um, ties into our threefold mission. I mean, that really is uh, why we named it that, uh, how we're one business, but we have three purposes, and it's to empower our farmers, end human trafficking, and engage our community. And so that is, that is uh, we kind of want to constantly remind ourselves of the why. That's why we had a name that sort of focused in on that mission. Um, and of course, we want others to know uh, why we do what we do. We love coffee. We think it's, I, I now think it's incredible, right? And we, we love nerding out over it and coming up with the best recipes and the best roasts. But at the end of the day, it's actually not our passion as much as people are our passion. And, and the mission is our why. Um, and yeah. so that's, that's where the name Three Tree comes from. Yeah, very cool. Well, and so tell us a little bit more about um, 
basically that the threefold mission that you talk about mm-hmm. uh, and, and how those play out in your, your business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the empowering the farmer piece kind of came from my degree and just some research in my degree and saying, why not source coffee, coffee ethically? Um, and we really don't stop there either. We actually get some of our tea from some ethically sourced uh, connections. Some of them are fair trade. Some of them are more direct relationships that we have out in China. Um, and so we, um, you know, the, the empowering the farmer piece really is just about why can't we source things ethically? What if we all started paying attention to the way we bought things? Um, we think it could really start to make a difference, especially when it comes to uh, poverty, hunger, uh, human trafficking. I mean, some of these big level problems, economics is a big part of the solution. Sure. Um, and and if, if consumers and businesses would really pay attention to, to their production chains and how they're buying things, it could make a big difference. Um, the ending human trafficking piece is, is a little unique. Uh, my wife and I actually took a trip to Indonesia back in 2013, and we um, got to meet with uh, someone who was actually in sex trafficking or, or had just been rescued out of sex trafficking. And, you know, up until that point, I had heard statistics about millions of people trafficked all around the world. I had, I mean, I knew a lot about the problem. And for whatever reason, it never spurred me on to action. That's, that's to my shame. <laughs> that's kind of admission, sure. right? Yeah. Um, I knew some of the problem and yet I, it didn't spur me on to action. And I'll never forget uh, meeting with that woman in a coffee shop, ironically, in Indonesia um, and just having that conversation and just thinking, man, what if this was my mom, my wife, my family? Um, and then it, it is her. It is her story. Like even apart from my own family, um, this right. is terrible that something like this would happen to people. Uh, and so we actually left that, you know, that, that night, my wife and I didn't sleep. We prayed a ton and, and we woke the next day. We just pretty much said, whatever we do in life, and this is before three tree. It was just whatever we do we're against this and we want to leverage it yeah. against this. And yeah. so, you know, what's neat is that they're actually somewhat connected empowering the farmer and in human trafficking. Um, there is some labor trafficking situations in the coffee industry and in the cocoa industry. Um, but the Indian human trafficking piece is just us to kind of open that up outside of coffee and say, if we're against this injustice that's in the coffee industry, why not be against all injustice when it comes to using people as goods um, and exploiting people right. for, for selfish gain. So that's kind of the ending human trafficking piece. And then the engaging the community is, well, we want to be good neighbors, right? We want to serve our local yeah. community, our regional community, but we also want to mobilize them, engage them, and, and want others to join us in this journey of buy things ethically, let's end human trafficking together. Yeah, well, that's so great. Yeah, and once I started kind of taking a look at your website and your mission and just your, your stance on several things, uh, I just became more and more intrigued. Uh, after I saw that initial partnership with Compassion International, which I said earlier is what drew me, drew me to you, mm-hmm. um, and intrigued me to, to get to investigate a little bit more. Uh, my wife and I have been Compassion sponsors since 2009, mm-hmm. and, um, we've been advocates since about 13. Um, and we are the local uh, contact for our church. I'm an associate pastor at a church also. And so have had a great partnership with the, as, as a church body, but we also got to visit, uh, visit Uganda in 2016 with Compassion International and kind of like you in Indonesia just saw firsthand, you know, when you're sponsoring children, you kind of, you kind of see, but there's always that little bit of doubt, like how much good are they really doing? What's really happening? How are the, the kids and the families really affected? Um, and that was definitely true for my wife. I had been writing letters for about six years at that point to our sponsored child. And my wife just started sponsoring a child right before we went to Uganda, just two weeks. And so it really came to life for her and it became real for both of us. Then at that point, we saw 
um, firsthand what they were doing to impact not only the children, but the families, but then not only the families, just the communities around that family um, and how much change takes place, not just from a little bit of financial sponsorship, but really from um, the spiritual and physical and emotional um, resources they invest into these children and into these families. Mm. And so a little bit can go so far. And so when I discovered uh, your partnership with Compassion, um, I just I had to investigate more. So can you talk a little bit about what inspired that partnership and maybe how it came about? Absolutely. Um, I guess it was actually November of 2020 um, that uh, they actually reached out to us. There was a representative that worked remotely in Savannah, uh, which is near Statesboro, Georgia. So they're not too far away from us. Uh, and they just loved our mission and, and loved our coffee. And so they reached out and said, hey, can we get together with a meeting? And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Robert. I did not think they were going to ask if we could put together some sort of like fundraising partnership. I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I guess I was expecting maybe yeah. like solicitation, like or sponsorship, right? Like, hey, will you donate some money to a great sure. cause, which I'm happy right. to talk about. But I was pretty shocked when I sat down and they said, hey, like, what if what if like we helped you sell some coffee that was also benefiting us? And I was like, well, that yeah. The sound, I think that sounds good. Let's explore this together. And right. it has been amazing um, getting to um, work with some of the, uh, the more people I get to know in compassion, the more impressed I am. Everyone is yeah. so bought into their vision. Everyone is so bought yeah. into their organization. They're all very genuine in their faith and in their caring. Uh, they genuinely care about us, which they're a much bigger organization than us. And so that's pretty sure. um, amazing that they have such care for who we are. Right. And then we reciprocate that, right? There was just a lot of like-mindedness that we're after similar goals. Um, we operate similarly. We think strategically similarly. And it just produced this incredible partnership. And so it actually started last November. And we just launched this past August with the Brewing Hope subscription, uh, right. which is basically a monthly subscription where people can sign up. You get a different coffee delivered to your door every month. And it comes from a country where Compassion is doing work. And in correlation with that coffee, you'll sometimes receive impact stories of what Compassion is doing in that country. So, for example, this month's is Peru. And so we send out a coffee from Chanchamayo, Peru. Um, it's a fair trade organic coffee. Uh, and so as you're drinking this coffee, you're also learning about some, Peru, uh, some initiatives that Compassion is doing in Peru to release children from poverty. And, you know, I, I think about our mission and their mission, release from poverty and then ending human trafficking and empowering farmers. So right. many of these things are interconnected. They are. Um, you know, children in poverty are some of the ones that are growing up in ag situations where their parents are maybe getting paid so little where they can't afford an education on their own. Sure. Um, or maybe as they get older, uh, they don't have means to make money in some ways. So they pursue other avenues that are unsafe for them and not healthy for them holistically. And right. so um, we just love them. We love their mission. We love what compassion stands for and are incredibly grateful for this partnership. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I, um, I agree wholeheartedly. Compassion has been, I mean, even prior to us visiting Uganda, but several staff were on that trip to Uganda at the same time, visiting their sponsored child, not as official Compassion uh, employees. And um, just their authenticity, they're, they're just totally bought in. They, they are there, um, you know, body, mind, and, and spirit, doing what they love, doing what they're passionate about, um, and and taking it seriously personally and um, professionally mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. And so everybody we've come across with the organization uh, again, same way, um, just uh, totally on board with doing what they can do to, to end poverty. Mm -hmm. And 
because of our trip to Uganda, we saw the impact that they had and how much one sponsorship, you know, 38 bucks a month, how much that can impact the child, the family and the community. And so then um, the program that you're the subscription program that you're running really helps support leadership development right after um, the programs for people who are uh, kind of moving on and graduating from their official sponsorship programs, I believe. Is that correct? That's right. So with the Brewing Hope subscription, 20% of each purchase is going to Compassion International, but it's specifically being earmarked for vocational training um, and kind of job training. So it really is geared more towards, okay, children have kind of made it through the first stage of life and now they're transitioning to being adults. And do they have the right job skills? Do they have? Are they being set up for success? And so that's kind of what these funds are specifically being um, allocated for. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, uh, of course, along with compassion kind of drawing me to, um, to you uh, as a company, as an organization, um, you know, my wife is going through a coaching program. She's a, a visual artist. She's a painter. Uh, I'm a potter, uh, do ceramics. And so we actually just formed our company um, and are going through a coaching program. My wife is right now about how we, um, how we create um, a business, a legacy business, right? Something that outlasts us, that it's not about just adding to the bottom line. It's not about just putting money in our pocket, mm -hmm. but it's about creating a legacy. And so everything I saw about you really spoke to you're creating a legacy. Um, and it's not just about the finances. Yes. You have to support yourself and your employees and make a living. Um, but it's about doing something more important. Absolutely. Could not agree more. I mean, that's a big passion of ours. And um, I don't think anyone really gets into coffee for the money. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's not really where it's at. Honestly, we've been super blessed. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're making it, we're doing good. Uh, but I used to work in banking actually, you know, I, I also used to be a ministry. So I kind of did the banking and then the right. ministry route. I've kind of done a couple of different things. Um, right. And I, I'll never forget leaving that banking job. That was the big jump, right? Kind of the scary, risky jump of, Right. All right, I'm going to get paid a lot less and work a lot harder, but <laughs> I think I'm real. I think we're really onto something here, right? That um, we can make a difference and that we can mobilize a community to start to start caring about some of these things. And it's been amazing. Um, and you know, when when you say legacy, first of all, I just appreciate you know the compliment. It means so much. I, I think when I think about legacy, there's no way that can fall on the shoulders of a person, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. something that we've been passionate yeah. about from day one is we want to bring in like-minded people that are smart, <laughs> that care, um, and and really invest in them, right? To to carry this further, to turn it into a legacy, because it has to take a team, it has to take a group uh, to yeah. achieve something like that. And we have an incredible team at Three Tree that is able to take it so much further than what my wife and I could have done, you know, um, when we first started. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, and I actually just read an article uh, from a previous employee um, that who moved to Augusta and you probably, uh, probably know her when I, when I tell you, but she went to Statesboro for university, got involved with you. It speaks very highly of you and your wife and how she became an intern when it was just a roaster, when you were just a roaster and um, then just kind of progressed through uh, the thing and, and has her own company now and sells uh, three tree coffee and has just really um, has really made that mission her own. It seems like, and and she's been out of, out of your company now for two or three years from my impression. And so the, the impression, in fact, in the article, she said that she really felt like she came to Statesboro for three tree mm -hmm. and the experience she received at three tree versus uh, the education at the university. Yeah. Um, Incredible. And so that meant as much or more. And so, yeah, you guys are just really making an impact and I can tell, um, 
you know, even with an interview that you did with, with Adam saying, mm-hmm. um, about the company culture and how that company culture, and I, I agree so much with what you were saying there about the company culture really, um, uh, being, being, I was going to use the word addictive, but that's not necessarily a good, <laughs> <laughs> um, but being proactive in building that company culture and, and it's spreading. Um, and you just be, become one with like-minded people throughout the organization, throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those people carry that into, uh, into their life mm-hmm. as they, uh, leave university or move out into other communities and start, mm-hmm. uh, start their own journeys. Yeah. Well, so. you know, it's, it's interesting. I was actually just, we, we were training some new hires yesterday and I was, we were actually talking about what's good customer service. And we go through some storytelling to kind of unpack it. And one of the things that came up was a customized experience is, is a form of customer service, right? Like if you're able to customize the experience for that person, because you know what they like or what they want or where they want to sit in the shop or whatever, customizing it for them is, is a really high level of customer service. Well, yeah. I say that because if we start applying that to company culture, because my customers are my staff, right? Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the ones that I'm trying to serve to make sure that I'm creating a healthy culture that they like being in and that they are empowered in, right? And, and moving forward yeah. in. Um, one of my responsibilities is to customize it for each of my managers and for each of our employees. That is not easy. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> right. that is a lot more time, right? Like that's yeah, hard. A lot more time and energy. A yeah, lot for more sure. time and energy. But that is, I mean, it, but it works. Like I don't know how else to put it. It works. Not just yeah. from like a business standpoint of it creates a good culture for a business, but that's where you really start to get the stories like you shared. And I, I know who you're talking about of, I hope I can share it of Jamie. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, I mean, she was awesome. Right. And we really tried to invest in her well, and she invested so much in a three tree. And um, so we really try to customize the experience, uh, right. Me to our management team, our management team to our staff. Let's make sure that we're hearing what are their passions? Uh, what do they want to bring to three tree that we didn't have before and really try and cater it organically and taking it step by step instead of having this kind of one size fits all box of, well, you're just a cog in a wheel, do this, this, and this. There's certain things that they right. have to do, but we really want to know what are their passions as well and try to incorporate it and take them further in what they want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what brings the kind of that family feeling and helps them buy into, and I say buy into, that just sounds so commercial, but really become a part um, and start um, seeing the vision, right? Catching the vision. Yep. Um, of what you're trying to do and what you stand for and, and how you want to, uh, how, do, how do you want to affect the world? Yep, absolutely. Uh, not just the people around you. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop right there. I think I'm ready to move to Georgia and work for Three Tree Coffee. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but it does sound like a great organization to work for. And um, I'm enjoying our conversation. So, um, so looking forward to continuing the conversation in the next episode. Uh, just about his faith journey. And he's also a writer and an author. Looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to trying some of that tasty coffee. Right. So Treehouse Blend Coffee is what I ordered. And actually, it's supposed to be here today. So we can try it and talk about it before the next episode. Yay. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's Coffee Time Conversations with Philip Clayman of Three Tree Coffee Roasters. If you'd like to know more about him or get in touch with him, you can check the podcast notes for all of that information. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye.